welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 29. In today's episode, I share my story. Um, It is something that has been on my heart for quite a while. um, And I just didn't know how to share it, um, why I would share it, and what to share. Um, And whether it was interesting. Not that it was interesting or whether it was worth sharing. But what I came to realise is everyone's story is worth sharing. So enjoy. You there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, Olivia. Sounds like news at school. <laughs> I'm back in the classroom, so news is the bane of my existence. I actually hate news time. <laughs> Oh, we're both teachers, so we're good at that. <laughs> but it goes on um, forever. It's like, come on, wrap it up. Know. Yeah, just... but you're primary. I'm high school. I've got to draw it out of them like a blood out of a stone. Anyway. Yeah, but it's like, where do you keep it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to ask you those questions today because everyone, um, you know, for the last over 12 months, Jess has interviewed some amazing women, some very um, courageous women on this podcast. And and I'm, I'm now going to do it back to Jess. I'm going to ask Jess to tell us her story. Mm. Um, it's, it's been on your heart, what, for 12 months to say it. And, um, and, and here we are. Yeah. So, I, look, I, I know your story clearly as your sister, but, um, you know, it's, it's from a place of absolute truth, I'm sure, and, um, you know, letting go of what others think and being completely vulnerable is really difficult and, you know, I applaud your courage and I, I apologise to anyone if I cry throughout this. But, um, now you now welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> I cry through every podcast. It's ridiculous. But it's not, but it's not ridiculous. It's actually good. Well, there's an amazing power in storytelling and people mm. being vulnerable and, and telling their, um, being transparent and authentic mm. and sharing their stories. So thank you. Yeah. And uh, go for it. Tell us. Okay. Well, I kind of had to type it down because, I mean, it's, anyway, let's just start. So I recently read the past is the place we develop our deepest convictions about ourselves, about life and about God. But one cannot enter into another's past merely by hearing the conclusions and convictions that resulted from it. But by being invited into the story itself, when one is permitted into this terrain, the guest stands on holy ground. And I just felt week after week after week, I was granted permission to stand in that holy ground with all these women and they were brave and courageous and vulnerable yeah. um, telling parts of their story. And I, you know, that's I can't... a beautiful quote. Cause it is, it's, it's, um, it is holy ground. It's. That's from you know, Dan, a... Dan Allender. Dan Allender. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of 
He's a mm. psychologist. Not him. Um, but we all we all do have have a story, and well, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do, regardless um, of of how tragic it is, or um, you know, whether it makes us laugh or cry, whether it makes us feel anger, rage, joy, peace. It, it is part of our story, yeah. and it and it, and it needs to be heard. Yeah. Um, okay. Our lives are filled with tragedy. I mean, they will eventually be, like, we will all suffer. Life is about suffering, really. Yeah. <clears throat> we, um, as much as we want to avoid it, uh, compartmentalise it, or um, not even think about it, it will happen. Yeah. Um, along with the joys, as we both know. Well, that's true. I mean, we all do experience joy, but at some point we all will lose people to death as well. So we are going to experience tragedy, mm-hmm. um, you know, but along that line as well, there's, you know, there's other hiccups in yeah. in whatever form, yeah. But far more amazing, we live out our stories surrounded by an angelic host and multitude of stories, everyone's stories that serve to put our lives in context and give mm-hmm. meaning to heartache and tragedy. And I find that it's in the midst of these tragedies that we see how the waters of suffering have cut our terrain and formed contours of our character. Um, mm. Like it, it shapes us more, yeah, than, it more than anything else. Tragedies shape our identity and character. Yeah, and how, uh, yeah. And, and how we um, react to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. We, mm. cho- we can choose. That's a choice. We choose to either react um with not with joy i suppose but with surrender yeah or, or um but 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 that comes in with our our story our, our past stories shape how we react i think mm. um anyway maya angelou who i always see her i'm not actually sure who she is Sorry, can I just ask one thing? You just said our past stories shape how we react. Do you mean to that in that moment or in in the future? In the future, like yeah. yeah. So okay. how we were uh, brought up or nurtured or um, our, I think it's, I think they call it attachment. What was it again, Olivia? What was that? Yeah, your attachment theory. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that also, shapes yeah. how we react. And yep. respond. Your education, your, yep. you know, your peers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but but Maya Angelou mm-hmm. says that there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. And I think that's so true that um, we, we kind of hide them and, and those most painful chapters of our story are often the most meaningful. Mm. But we want to keep them hidden. And why do we do that? And, and I reckon the answer is this is exactly where the enemy wants us. He wants us to believe that we're worthless, useless, unnecessary. Yeah. He wants to keep all that hidden, slowly festering away until we actually can't bear it anymore and we become defeated. Mm. Um, yeah, true. And it's actually never the cross that you carry but the resistance to it that makes it a burden, I think. Yeah, so we can all, we all, I mean, we know God will give us the strength to bear anything, mm-hmm. um, will give us the grace, but you're right, it's the resistance to that grace. And... It's that fear of suffering, that fear mm. of what it might be 
that is the actual burden. It's not the actual cross. As I mean, you, I heard that in Amelia Burfitt's testimony. I heard that in um, Rocio's. I heard that in it's so many of these women. They're, they're only coming to mind because they're my most recent. Mm. But every woman I could hear, like some of these stories were tragic, but that wasn't the actual tragedy. It was the resistance to it or the fear of what might be. Yeah. Or what I should have done. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so then then there's the daunting task of telling your story, knowing where to start, what to say, what to highlight. what How much to say or how little. yeah, Yeah, that's right. And it's personal and you can share as little or as much as you want. Um, not all stories should, I suppose, be heard in intricate detail. Mm. Um, they're not there to be listen, listened to with voyeuristic tendencies because they're sacred. Stories are sacred and they should be shared mindfully, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're right because people these days, well, not these days, but people want details. They want to know all of that. But that's, that's not the point, you know. They, they thrive on detail. Yeah. And, and the intricacies of, of someone's story. But that's not, yeah, it's the ability of sharing, I think, in the person's pain and grief and suffering mm-hmm. and joy that brings um, healing and freedom from sharing yeah. stories. Yeah. Not the yeah. nitty-gritty. No, that's right. And being able to relate. Mm. I think to be truly free, you have to be able to share your past with God and with others Mm. because God does beautiful things to surrendered people and there's nobody who's too broken, too, you know, forgotten, too too much. You know, people say I am either not enough or I'm too much or they couldn't hear from it. Like I can't share my story because I'll think I'm over the top or they'll think I'm, you know, too much. That's not true. No. No, um, no. true. So um, tell me. No, no, no. We'll go back to it. Keep going. All right. <laughs> no, I, look, I was just going to say, um, you know, some people do have these broken stories and and others don't have broken stories or, you know, but it doesn't mean they don't have a story. Everyone's got a story. No one's life is, you know, you can't learn from it. Yeah, you, you can learn from everyone's life, no matter how boring mm. or amazing or broken it is. Mm. Um, so, a few. Have you tried to write out your story? No, 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 no. no. I definitely haven't. Don't ask me just yet. <laughs> so, over the um, last few weeks, I, I set out to tell my story, but to do that, I had to kind of backpedal. Yeah, and revisit places that I thought I'd left behind. Mm, places mm. that I thought I'd walked off, you know, brushed off the dirt and kept walking. Yeah. Uh, but I discovered that they follow, they follow you. Subconsciously they affect you. I'm going to cry mm. now. But I'm only, <laughs> I'm only crying <laughs> because that, that's me. <laughs> and me. Yeah. 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 But they, without realising it, they ultimately affect the way you love, the way you parent, um, the way Absolutely. you react or not react to situations. And most importantly, I think, they shape how you treat yourself. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. 
Um, so being heard, I, I read this. Now, where did I read this? I don't think I wrote it down. But I heard being heard, seen and received changes the neural architecture of our brain. So mm. in, in other words, it heals. So to be able to express a story, to have it seen mm. and received, brings healing and it, it changes those pathways in our brain it's scientifically proven so yeah. that in itself is a reason to tell your story yeah there's that famous quote a problem shared is a problem halved and especially if it's a tragedy you know if, or you know a um a hardship mm. yeah just by someone listening to it you've halved your problem yeah and so all yeah. that's happened is what makes you you it makes it's what makes you beautiful it what makes you love and what makes you mm-hmm. empathetic it makes you authentic it makes you real yeah um, it makes you relatable when people don't share their stories or or they hide them you think that they're this kind of um cardboard cut out perfect person that would could never understand you or relate to you do you yeah yeah 100 percent. and and I know you know I know that in a teaching capacity, if I speak from the heart, if I speak from experience, mm. I I have the attention of everyone. Whereas if I'm just trawling through a textbook and, you know, yeah. um, you've, you've lost them. But, yeah, if you yeah. speak from the heart, um, like I, re- I remember I had to fill in for a relief teacher, a sports teacher one time many years ago, and I had to give a lesson on drug abuse. And the video she gave me was grainy and horrible and I ended up turning it off and just speaking about dad's battle with alcoholism and, mm. and I had them in the palm of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think if you're real and, you know, you're vulnerable enough to share your story, it can really help people Yeah, and, it, and yourself. Yeah. And yourself. It brings yeah. freedom to you and freedom to others to do the same. Yeah. Um, so where does your, the, you know, the the tiny portion of your story where does this start you know your story's ongoing but where where are you starting uh well I'm starting as an 18 year old I think (laughs) I mean it started yeah so no I don't let's see um Saint Augustine has said that you you are to pay special attention to those who by accident of time or place or circumstance are brought into closer connection with you um people who have come in and out of our lives were not placed there by a mere act of chance or coincidence. And I think the fact that he's pay special attention to that, um, God uses all things to pursue our hearts, mm-hmm. even Instagram. I mean, that's where I discovered blessed is she, which led me to abiding together, which led me to, you know, all these people that I'm, I'm which led you to doing this podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which has led me to people contacting me who I, have never don't know you know people from all around the world actually but yeah also people that I have been in contact with in my life and they've mm. come out of the woodworks yeah be- because there is something related there, there is a, a shared experience or there is they can relate to it or they know that it's a safe place to reach out yeah yeah of course yeah um Anyway, I don't even know what I'm saying now. <laughs> it did. It did go on a bit of a tangent, but I, I'm hearing you. <laughs> no, but just getting back to you know, like 
by listening to Blessed She and abiding together and other people sharing their stories, it's got you to this point now. Yeah, I suppose I suppose you're on at this kind of, if you just let God take control, he has mm. this grand adventure, better than we could ever imagine. So stop trying to control the outcome and just mm. place everything in his hands. It's so much easier said than done. Let God and let go. Yeah. But it works mm. out. It might take time. But yeah. he's in the waiting. He's not leaving you there alone. Mm. Anyway, maybe mm. that's where I should probably begin my story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start this by saying I had a very good childhood, full of adventure, wonder, um, nothing bad. Had an awesome sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing bad yeah. ever really <laughs> happened. I mean, we had mm. grandparents die, but that's the normal course of life. It was just the normal ups and downs of family life, I think. We had a stable family. You agree? Yeah, absolutely. We had fun. Yeah, we had fun. It was never grey. It was always black and white. Dad was an adventurer. What do you mean (laughs) it was never black? It was, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you said it it was always black and white. No, it was. It was never grey. It was like, you know, like moving 26 times. And um, anyway, there's so many stories in that. But Dad's never a like a mediocre man he's he's always you know exciting you know <laughs> or if things went bad he'd turn it around and make it good yeah yeah that's it was right. a fun childhood yeah mm. and it was um always moving <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but anyway Jesus writes our stories um and they could be really ordinary like mine I think was until I started writing it and realized his hand is all over it (laughs) Mm. his love his tenderness his mercy his faithfulness um you you should give it a go I I thoroughly Mm. recommend writing it from the beginning to the end yeah um because you realize that you're never alone even when you actually feel at those times that you felt that you were totally alone there were things that um you could see his his tender hand Mm. um and he promises he would never be never leave us alone he's always looking out for us even when we're not looking for him and i can can see this now in the big and the small ways anyway i had um had good well-intentioned friends in my life who played a significant role in shaping my belief in god I had a fantastic education and doctrinally you couldn't fault it. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it was the same for you, but unfortunately for me, um, I didn't, I'd never encountered Jesus as a real person. I I kind of threw this friend in my life. She kind of, I I saw him as being more of a, a rule maker um, there were lots of rules I had to follow and not much love. And mm-hmm. It was all in my head but not in my heart. Mm. I knew what it was to be Catholic but I didn't know. <clears throat> I knew what Catholicism was, I suppose I should say, but I didn't yeah. know who Jesus was. I was not pursuing him at all because I didn't see him as being someone that I wanted to pursue. Because my perception, because you were afraid. Yeah, my perception of him was this guy in the sky that had rules and I had to follow them, and he was there to catch me out. Um, yeah. 
And I think that's why I turned to Our Lady more because she yeah. was softer, she was kinder, she was more gentle. More relatable. Yeah. More human, yeah. But I'm so glad I did because she eventually brought me back to her son mm. and she showed me how kind he really is. Did mm. you have that experience or not? Um, look, I, I don't think... I'm a bit like you. It was it was very much in my head, and and I certainly knew I was loved by God, but I I probably didn't pursue it actively. Um, but yeah, I I can honestly say that I made my faith my own when I was 28. Hmm. Um, so it's not that I was ever afraid of him, but I just made a conscious decision to get to know him better and you know to understand how much I was loved when I was 28. So that's a long time. Yeah, you know, like, um, and I and I loved I loved Jesus, and I and I had a great strong faith. I've never wavered, but um, yeah, I never felt unloved. I was never scared of him, mm. but um, yeah, I certainly, I certainly didn't actively participate, you know, until I was much older. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was generally, I was kind, I was fair, I was a studious kid. I took my faith seriously but I, and I never lost my faith. But it was I more, defended my faith yeah. and I still do. Um, but I think yeah. I did it more out of fear than out of love. Um, I could tell you what I believed but I don't think I could tell you emphatically that I was loved by God, just, just the way I am. Like I knew he loved me in that kind of lofty, idea but I couldn't tell you that he loved me as I was because I never knew I think yeah no I I never felt like that but I I I presume I just didn't ever question it you probably questioned it more than I did um Uh, I mean I know it sounds ridiculous I grew up in a practicing Catholic family I said the rosary all the time but I never understood the father's love for me. Um, so do, do you think you had a better relationship with Jesus rather than God the Father? No, they're all in the same bag. All in the same bag. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. Mary was different. You, you yeah. could relate to her yeah. humanity. and yeah. yeah. I was too afraid to seek him out because my idea of him had been distorted, I think. Um, mm. I mean, I had this very well-intentioned friend who I think, not I think, I know was stifling my freedom. Yeah. And I never felt free. I um, that I never felt heard. I never had peace. Um, so what do you mean? Like she would give you advice or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to see yeah. her once a week and, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was more... I never felt good enough, I suppose, mm-hmm. and I was copping out. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. it affected how I saw God. So I saw yeah. him as controlling, enslaving, cold, distant, um, not somebody that you'd want to s- seek out, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's precisely where the enemy wanted me. Yeah. Yeah. I see that now. I didn't yeah. see it then. Mm. Um, he wants us alone. Yeah. He, he whispers to us there. 
um, mm. trapped. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's why loneliness is the most horrific, you know, thing because it's mm. in those moments of loneliness that yeah we can turn to despair, despair. Mm. But we never we yeah. don't have to be alone. No. But that's where the enemy wants us. Um. Anyway. But yeah, and I never felt free. I always felt. Um, so, so what are we talking like age-wise here? Are you at uni or are you at school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at. Uh, I'd left school. I'm at uni. Yep, at uni. Yeah. Um, but I see now that God loves our freedom so much that He gave us free will, and I yeah. knew this back then. But mm. I, I like I know I knew I knew all this. He allows us to choose him freely, and that's like that's in theory, much... yeah. Yeah, so I I knew that he gave us free will, yeah. but I didn't I didn't fully um, appreciate the fact that he did that so that we could choose him freely, mm. and mm. I just never felt free. I always felt enslaved, and that is not true freedom. Yeah. Yeah. True freedom is found in the good and the just. And yeah. there's peace he brings when you choose the good and the just. Mm. And I never felt that um, because I but wasn't also, free. Yeah. But also in our weak moments when we don't choose what's right also allows us to seek him out as well when we're down and trodden and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's in our dark places that we turn to him. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the world's constantly offering um, freedoms like in addiction and fleeting feelings, experiences that won't satisfy, unhappiness. These are all masquerading as freedom mm. and choice, but they, they're not. Unless we're, we're not free to do something, we're never truly free. Yeah. So in addiction, you're not free. Like you're addicted. There is no true freedom there. Yeah, no, of course. Um, anyway, I I know now that God's come to set us free and he's been doing this my whole life. I just couldn't see it. Mm. I was too busy not listening. Um, and the enemy had such a stronghold on my perception of who I thought God was and not who he truly is. And I wasn't being true to myself. I wasn't living out my true identity as a daughter of God. Mm. Um, but I know now that God loves broken people. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I was just that. I still yeah. am. <laughs> we all I'm, just a, I'm just a bit more surrendered, I think. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, beautiful. Anyway, I was totally in love. I was engaged to the love of my life. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to be married and have a family. Mm. But in our weakness, the family part came first. Yeah. Um, you know, there was never an option. I, uh, you know, I was always going to have my family. Um, and I see this as pure grace. Mm. I'll just get the tea towel. <laughs> 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 no, but like especially after I mean I ended up doing pregnancy counselling for a yeah. while there and I listened night after night to these women who just felt 
totally um, such despair. And I never felt that. Um, and, you know, thinking their only only way out was an abortion. They couldn't, you know, and some of these, I remember later on, I was pregnant at the time on the phone to this woman. Yeah. She was the same age as me. She, I mean, you can't say anything to them because it's all, um, yeah. it's all, you're, you're neut- neutral. You're just there to listen. But this, just to put it in context, now that I've wiped my tears away, when you say you're on the phone to this lady who was the same age as you, just to tell the listeners, this is you recently, not back then. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is many years later. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I'm just putting it in context. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't, Ten, yeah. Fi- no, no, no. I couldn't have done it then. No, I didn't know. Um, But it just shows you how God uses you and situations and circumstances for good. Yeah. Um, But I remember listening to these women thinking in my head, this this isn't the end of your story. Mm. Anyway. Oh gosh, I'm so hopeless. Oh dear. Anyway, I I just see it. I see his mercy and I see his love and I see his faithfulness and I see grace. Yeah, yeah. And Um, he makes all things new. Yeah, and and tell us about, you know, when you found out you were pregnant, what were people's reactions like? Uh, Well, my family were amazing. They were so supportive of oh, both families. What am I saying? Our families were amazingly supportive. Yeah. Uh, they did everything to make the transition from single life into married life with a baby on the way seamless. Yeah. And as it should be. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's something um, to it's a it's something to be celebrated. It's a baby. Mm. I'll never forget well, actually, lying there in the bed. You know, we shared a bedroom and. Oh, you've gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> anyway, I just remember thinking, you know, that there were three of us in the bedroom. It was such a clear, a clear memory. Yeah. Night I found it... out. Yeah. Anyway, as you said, we were, you know, it was. We were supported. The family was very supportive, but it wasn't easy no. for you. For you, um, no. Really. And I remember the only, the only I told a friend at uni, and she was the. Uh, everybody else was when I told. I mean, not my family, but friends. Hmm. The people I knew were like, "Oh, oh, oh, dear." And the, yeah. the only positive response I got was from this friend of mine from uni who was a Christian. Yeah. And she was, it was so, um, it, she was just so positive and that is amazing. That's wonderful. And that's how everybody should be treated. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, that child was and still is pure gift. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. What a beautiful friend. <laughs> we all need some of them. Yeah, she's, she's got a special place in my heart. Yeah. Anyway, the child has made me who I am today, someone yeah. who cries a lot 
because I'm, <laughs> I'm compassionate. I understand what it's like. Mm. Um, and I know how to show compassion because I received it. And that's, yeah. you know. <laughs> I can hear <laughs> He's whispering something. I don't know what he wants. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank God for small mercies. Harry coming in had me sober up. Oh, dear. I'm yeah, that's right. I was experiencing all the encounters with Jesus that I'd been missing my entire life in that in these moments of what some people would see as absolute despair and desolation and um, tragedy. But he was showing up in, with bucket loads of love and mercy and understanding and it was just he was slowly reintroducing himself to me again, which is so kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Yeah, he only yeah. ever wants to pursue our hearts. He's relational. He wants a relationship with us. Um, mm-hmm. And it's only when you look back that you see that he was doing that all along. I just find him mm. so kind. Anyway. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is that God uses all things to communicate with us, the good, the bad, the ugly. And he's constantly yeah. seeking us out. Um, mm-hmm. And to prove that he is trustworthy, he is faithful, and he's he's compassionate, he's full of mercy. And I didn't mm. know that before. I think that's a, a really hard one to communicate, um, especially to kids, you know, in Catholic schools, when you are learning the commandments and you are learning, you know, mortal and venial sin you know you're learning all of that you're learning the doctrinal stuff and um but to communicate his mercy is yeah higher. because i think you you um, i think you risked people and I, I remember hearing it actually as a i don't know how old i was 20 uh, not 18 20 year old don't tell your kids that you did that because then they'd go and think it was okay to do it you know like but that's mm, that's not mm, true mm. Don't tell them that you made a mistake or tell them that you, you know, you did that but were regretted or that you did this and, you know, show them the consequences or show them mercy. Like we we all have free will to choose and God uses everything for good. I know even me saying to you the other day when we talked about this and I said, are you sure you want to, you sure you want to do it because you know, it's not just your story, it's your children's. And you said, no, it's my story. And I'm like, yeah, okay, she's right. <laughs> um, you know, it does form a part of their story, but it mm. is your story. And, um, and you know, if you're vulnerable enough to say it and, you know, as you said, we've got free will. But I think going back to the, um, you know, teaching young children about Catholic doctrine and stuff, um, we do place a big emphasis on confession as well, yeah. and which is which is actually a gift. That's the gift we have that other faiths mm. don't have. Um, so there's a fine line to teach them, you know, how wonderful and beautiful and and what a gift it is, and, but and, also to speak about God's mm. mercy as mm. as its gift, as its you know. Um, yeah, you know totally. I, mean? I remember, and, and it's healing. 
it's a, it's a sacrament of healing. Um, I remember hearing Jennifer Fulwala say, because um, she was an atheist, she converted, I think, late in her in her late twenties, and she went to confession, and she for the first time, and she walked out of the confessional, and there were all these people sitting in the pew waiting for confession, and she looked at them and she said, "I can't believe you have that free." <laughs> like that's 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 free counseling right there like being able to confess your sins and be forgiven and I suppose that's part of storytelling I know there is you know Jesus is in there and he's forgiving our sins but it's getting it off your chest as well yeah 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 um yeah but yeah I think I think somehow we have to you know, I was consciously aware of that. Henry made his first reconciliation recently and I was just constantly telling him about God's love and mercy. You know, we've got this gift, this confession. We, we can go to confession and but it's, you know, it's not because if you don't go you're going to be in trouble. You know, like they have to know that there's there are mm. consequences to actions and all of that. I'm, I'm fully aware of that. Mm. But um, just to to hear that, to hear and to know that he is merciful and yeah. love it and he loves you no regard- what. regardless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's paramount for children to know yeah anyway i've got a lot more compassion and respect for my 22 year old self yeah good what would you say to her now <laughs> mm. uh, i didn't give you time to think about that no <laughs> what would I say to her you're loved yeah you're strong you're worthy um yeah I'm not I'm no longer ashamed of her yeah because um I never was (laughs) (laughs) anyway no you just just parts I know when um wedding anniversaries come up I never actually used to put the uh date because mm. they'd count you know you yeah you think yeah hang on a minute when, yeah. wasn't, wasn't your daughter's birthday in february and you got married in july <laughs> but now I, <laughs> I know my story makes sense within the story of god and he That's makes right. he's the author of life and he loves me as his daughter yeah, yeah he truly does mm. And what a gift she is. The daughter? Or the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and you oh, totally. And yeah, but I have a home, I belong, I matter, I'm seen, I'm understood. He understands me. And I've got so much peace with who I am. Yeah. Uh, I just think Jesus wants much more from us than just behavior modification. He wants our hearts. Yeah. He wants your heart, he wants my heart. Um, and he not only wants it, but he wants it freely. He wants it set free. Yeah. Um, and to do that, we have to own our stories, all the beautiful and broken places that they have in them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no point ignoring chunks of your story, you know, the chapters we want to rip out or keep hidden because that doesn't bring freedom. No. Um, those chapters that we want ripped out are, are the chapters that have to be told and read yeah and heard and appreciated yeah 
Yeah, and and as you said, they are often pivotal to our life decisions and yeah, but also are, how you react and and yeah. Mm. Oh. Well, the I God of salvation has chased down my heart through all my failures and pride, and I'm so grateful. I read, that was part of a song that I heard a few weeks ago, and I thought, oh, yep, all right. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. The God of salvation has chased down my heart through all of my failures and pride. And I just said that I'm grateful. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Anyway, all right. Your, t- well, your, your turn next. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Don't uh, hold me to it. When I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right though like I have got women that I um have spoken to or you know asked if they want to share their story and a lot of them say when I'm ready and that is totally I'm fine with that yeah absolutely yeah only when you're yeah. ready because yeah. I'm I am all about freedom here <laughs> I yeah. know what it's like to yeah. feel um chained or um not chained I mean I suppose that's a drastic word but to not have that sense of freedom to feel trapped I suppose or yeah yeah. anyway well what's brought you joy this week (laughs) um what's brought me joy uh probably probably my son's dancing moves at the netball court the other day that was hysterical what a groover (laughs) priceless i think i might i I had it up on my personal instagram but i might put it up on the (laughs) on the podcast i think his cousins watched it at least a dozen times he's got real moves he does Clearly not from his father. <laughs> All my moves. Oh, thank you. What about yours? You, you're coming with me. I'm walking to the car because it's beyond <laughs> Sorry. school picker. Oh, it is too. Um, my joy would 100% this week be hearing you oh. say your story. <laughs> Even though it didn't sound very joyful, I sobbed all the way through it. <laughs> I, um, you know, that's. We'll hear the engine that in a is, minute, will we? <laughs> yeah. Um, that was just pure courage and I am so grateful you shared it with these women yeah. and men. There are some men that listen even. Oh, I <laughs> believe it or and not. And there's a few. Um, but, yeah, Jess, thank you. That was truly beautiful and I love you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, you sweet girl. But that was my joy. You're my joy. Oh, day. Pleasure. Your story is my joy. It forms part of my story too. Yeah, that's right. All right, my friend. Uh, All right. I suppose we should go. I can hear your car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way. They'll say, what has, what's wrong with you, Mum? Why is the makeup all down your face? <laughs> I know. I often get um, messages from women saying they have mascara. Someone said the other day, she, what was it? I sent it to you. She looks like she'd um, be. Oh, that's right. She said, "I look like I have put my head up the chimney." Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I look a bit pandering, and it's overcast today, so I can't even put sunglasses. Oh, on. just put them on. <laughs> All right. Have a great All week. All right. I'll chat to you All soon. Right. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. bye.